0: Bison, bighorn, and pronghorn, oh my, get ready to explore the badlands. Welcome to the National Park Trippers podcast. I'm your host, Maureen. Each episode, we explore a new national park and welcome a national park enthusiast to share their knowledge about a specific national park around the world. Join us as we head out into the great outdoors for exclusive tips, recommendations, planning strategies, and off-the-path nuggets that will have you and your family getting out and exploring more as National Park Trippers. I'm excited to welcome Allison as today's guest. Allison is a mom of four, ages 16, er, sorry, ages 6 to 12, and a fairly new family travel blogger. They are part-time family travelers with a home base in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they travel as many weeks weeks and weekends of the year as they can. They are always looking for unique ways to experience a city or national park and ones that will give their kids meaningful connection to culture, history, and even science. Their family motto is life is a journey, not a destination. Allison documents all their travels on their Instagram page, Big Trips with Four Littles, and also on her travel blog. Today, she will be sharing all about the Badlands National Park, one of the most sought out sought-after parks in the United States. Welcome to National Park Trippers, Allison, and thank you for joining
1: us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And uh, this is my first um, podcast, so yay! I knew it. Oh, I'm
0: excited, first podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, then let's start out by learning a little bit more about your family. How did you guys decide to start visiting national parks?
1: So um, like I think many, many people in uh, the US, um, well, actually probably all over the world, we sort of went from being a um, a city focused family to an outdoorsy family, very quick. We did a quick turnaround. Um, We had canceled a couple of international trips that we had planned to Paris and London and Sydney, Australia uh, over this past year and then just said, you know, what what can we do to keep going with this travel mode? And, you know, my husband and I said, let's start focusing on national parks and the outdoors. And we probably hit about 15 national parks or national historic sites or national monuments this year and uh, the experience has been wonderful. It's been eye-opening, very educational for my family and uh, we've grown to love the outdoors way more than we ever thought we would.
0: Well, I can tell you you're not alone because this is exactly the same story as our family because we were the same. We're like my husband and I, we went to all the big cities, you know, we traveled all the time, hardly ever did nature stuff. And yes. which is funny because both of us had done nature stuff before we met each other, but then we just started traveling to cities and we, right. you know, COVID came and we got stuck and we started doing the nature and literally we have the exact same family, or the exact same story, yeah. which
1: is so cool because that's yeah, it like how a, this all started. It's right, awesome. Uh, really a blessing. I mean, you know, it's such a tragic year, but to have to have some good things to hang on to from from the whole 2020, it's nice to look yeah. back and say this came out of it. So I really agree.
0: I agree. It has been a blessing in disguise <laughs> if you want to call right. it that. So right. let's jump into the Badlands. And um, as I was researching, because I have never been to the Badlands and I don't really know a lot about it, I came across one of the most popular google searches which is why why are the badlands called bad so of course i had to you know i had to click (laughs) i'm like well i don't know why are they um Um, you know so we're all curious so can you explain a little bit about you know this misconception that the
1: badlands has i i think i may have googled that exact same thing so um what's what i've learned and what's Super interesting is the the name given to the park is almost an honor uh, to, or a tribute, I should say, to the native populations and the native tribes that were there prior to it becoming a national park because um, it was known to the Lakota as Mako Sika, which Literal translation is just lands that are bad. Okay. And so I'm um, not sure if you've ever been to or, you know, the Grand Canyon. It's almost like a mini, mini Grand Canyon. So if you can picture it, it's um, extreme temperatures, dry, rocky, uh, very few natural water sources, um, not easily traversed because of the geological structures, the, the buttes and and all the rocks. So the native population just found it inhospitable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they did uh, they did hunt bison in the area, but in general, um you know, the winters are extremely cold and the summers are extremely hot. So, so that it just came to be known as lands that are bad. And even, you know, from the native populations to then uh, homesteaders and trappers that came through the area, they all just called it bad lands. Right. Uh, Which so is stuck. interesting that it's so popular <laughs> because of, yeah because, you I know, think, it's so bad. It's It's funny because on the park website, it talks about it talks about the history of where the name came from. And it said that, you know, prior to it becoming the Badlands, after what the native population called it, it was going to be called Wonderland National Park. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. It doesn't seem like that now. Now, after visiting, I can't imagine it being called Wonderland, which seems like a theme park. You know? Yeah, it definitely.
0: I mean, yeah, it sounds like a Disney, Disney, one right. of the Disney worlds. But
1: exactly. now. so it has an apt name.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the native populations, and I know that one of the important aspects of the Badlands is the significance of not only the park but the whole region to the native populations. How does the park address this issue and what kind of education does it provide?
1: Um, yeah, so that was something very important to me and my husband when we went and we when we went with our kids just to, well, really anywhere we go, we try to give them backgrounds and, and history. Um, and I think the National Park Service does a pretty good job of this. Uh, well, first of all, just when I mentioned to you that they they named it uh, Badlands because mm-hmm. that's what it had been called by the native population. And um, right on their website, uh, they list that 22 tribes had been sort of connected, different tribes had been connected to the area, whether it's through cultural significance or um, their hunting, and, um, And actually the whole South unit of the park, it's, it's kind of, it's a huge park, 244,000 acres. And the whole South unit is actually co-managed and co like it's on tribal lands. So it's co-managed by the Oglala Sioux. And that's mentioned right on, on the website as well. So the park can't, they realize their obligation to the Mm -hmm. native population and they can't alter the park or do anything without conferring with those 22 tribes before they do anything, change anything. Um, the, uh, the Oglala Sioux population actually, um, helps co-manage the South unit and the bison population there and, uh, revenue stream, um, and if you go and you go to the visitor center there, the Ben rifle visitor center, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is like the big visitor center there. There's like a, a couple of smaller ones. Um, the exhibits there, will talk about the history of the area and the native population that was there prior. Um, and ben, ben rifle is actually, so the visitor center was named after the first Lakota Uh, member of Congress so the the visitor center there is named after um, a Lakota politician Um, and in the south unit you can also visit so the the south unit which is co-managed by the Oglala Sioux you can visit their visitor center and they have special ranger programs that we'll talk about the treaties entered uh into with the native population and talk about the history and they don't it's good because i think they don't gloss over like if right i was i was visiting the website and they just talk about yes this this is what happened uh they try not they try not to uh, uh, gloss over the atrocities um, they address it, which right. I appreciate.
0: Right, instead of so many um, <laughs> other historical education
1: right. tend to do.
0: Yeah, so that's good. Um, you know, we should probably bring up where where is the Badlands located?
1: So it's so it's on the uh, so if you picture South Dakota as a rectangle, it's um, kind of uh, on the western southern end of the rectangle and it's about an hour from rapid city which is the closest major city to the badlands okay perfect so it's in that whole south dakota
0: southwest area
1: yeah awesome
0: um so another question that's commonly asked about the badlands is if it is dangerous especially for children so what was your experience with safety there?
1: Um, so I, you know, it's not something that was like a big red flag to me, like, oh, this is going to be a dangerous thing to do. I think I just sort of go down the list in my mind of of everything, out as we've been learning this year with uh, national parks, just going down the list of, okay, wildlife, wildlife, mm-hmm. um, the, the trails that we do, uh, cell service, you know just things that are just logistics that you need to keep in mind um, you know not just for kids but just you know just safety in general. So I think it's a very family friendly park there is plenty to do you know you you will feel safe going uh, but just, just in general just know that if you're on a wildlife drive on the wildlife loop don't get out of the car right (laughs) you know not (laughs) not safe around the buffalo and if you're if you're hiking maybe um you know research the trails a little bit first i try i try to do that um sometimes i even youtube uh the trails You know, you could sometimes find that on YouTube families hiking a trail, Um, read the signs uh, posted on the trail. Yeah. Make sure make sure your phone has enough charge. But yeah, the cell signal isn't always great. So, you know, just general safety tips if you're in any national park, I think applies to the Badlands. But overall, it's very family friendly. Right.
0: And you mentioned the, um, the logistics, you know, getting into the logistics of your trip. How did you plan for your trip to the, to the Badlands? Like, I know you said that you watched YouTube videos, you know, you read, went online, did some Googles, any specific, other specific resources that you used to plan in Um, advance?
1: Yeah, I, I rely on, um, blogs a lot and, um, like, earth trekkers i i found like a list of oh top 15 things you must do in the badlands or right. uh, trip advisor i use almost every trip i plan because i appreciate reading all the reviews and i like to search the uh the aspect where you can search the reviews so i'll go on Tripadvisor and i'll find um you know badlands sunrise and then i'll I'll look at all the reviews and I might search, um, you know, the name of an overlook and how many times does it come up and what people have to say about it. Uh, so trip advisor is something I, I go to a lot for, for all my trips. Sometimes it's bad. Well, what I do is I go, I read the negative reviews first, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so just get them out of the way and then I'll read the positive reviews. Um, But you know
0: yeah people don't hold back on on online you know if they have something to say they're gonna say it so for sure you can find anything about anywhere online you can find reviews about it
1: right
0: what do you recommend
1: the park website was wonderful too Mm -hmm. you know on any national park website there's always going to be that tab that says plan your visit and i i always go to that for you know, times that it's open and uh, where the visitors centers are. Something that I didn't find and I struggled with, with this park, and this is not every park, but um, there is, um, so there are entrances with, uh, you know, a booth where you have to pay an entrance fee. And I knew we were going in the middle of the night. And I said, well, how, you know, if there's an entrance fee, how does that work? And that's something I could, I did not find online, not on the park website, not on blogs. I researched everywhere. And it just turned out that you just, you just drive in and then you pay on your way out. So oh, for interesting and wondering because that I couldn't find anywhere while trying to plan. So. Wow. so there's really no one
0: there at night. You mean that you so you just right. drive in and you're on the honor system. Yeah, it's wow. open 24
1: hours and you just pay on your way out. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that is yeah. a good little tip. I'm surprised that the, you couldn't find that anywhere. That's- no, I
0: couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because actually their websites, I've looked on their websites too. The the NPS website, they have awesome information. They have almost everything, so yes, it's a good resource. And especially during COVID, I know when I was researching a couple of them, they would write, you know, which ones are open, which ones aren't open, yeah, or the capacity. Did you find when you were there that the cap- the the capacity was smaller or was it still just as busy? Was it pretty busy when you were there?
1: You know, it was very empty and I went off season. So we went in April and it's still very much like it's it's kind of spring, but you know, we had very cold weather. What's um, the weather like in in what what temperatures are you talking about? So So I was told, talking to people there, when I packed for this trip, I couldn't believe when I looked at the weather that I had to pack shorts and t-shirts and then I had to pack long pants, long sleeves and winter coats and hats because the swings are wild in April. Okay. Um, So we had at the Badlands in particular, uh, we were there for a sunrise and it was about 28 degrees. And then I had a whole change of clothes because by the time we were hiking, it was almost 70. Wow. So I had to, yeah. So we had to change. We layered and then stripped, stripped the layers.
0: Yeah. So layer, that's the biggest thing, layering. Right. (laughs) I hear that all the time. Actually, with almost every national park, they say that everyone says the same thing. Layering. Always just bring bring layers.
1: (laughs) So true.
0: So let's talk about some of the interest points inside of the Badlands. Um, I know that South Unit and Sage Creek Rim Road are two of the popular ones. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about those or maybe some other interest points?
1: Sure. So the South Unit um, is, is, as I mentioned earlier, the the unit that's co-managed by the Oglala Sioux. Right now, I believe their visitor center, which is called the Whitewater Visitor Center, is still closed as per tribal, um, you know, it's their decision right now to Mm -hmm. keep it closed. Uh, The North Unit has a very popular driving loop. It's a 30-mile loop road called the, the Badlands Loop, and that North Unit also has the the larger main visitor center, the Ben Rifle Visitor Center, and now along the Badlands Loop are many pull-offs for overlooks, hikes. Um, we did we did not enter the South Unit actually. We only did the North Unit, the Big Badlands mm-hmm. Loop, uh, with a couple of pullouts and and hikes from there. And we did the Sage Creek rim road area and they look very different because the north unit has all those um very inhospitable looking rock formations that okay. almost look like a mini grand canyon and then the sage creek rim road area is very much like uh, rolling plains oh and that's where you find the wildlife, the wildlife. The and yeah, the bison, the prairie dogs, the sheep. Um, it really both I mean you can't you can't miss you, you should definitely do both. you know if you're there don't miss one of those. you know definitely uh, do the wildlife road and the right. badlands loop and try to hit the visitor center as well.
0: So if you're doing the wildlife area loop, I mean you, I, you shouldn't say I shouldn't say you're guaranteed to see, but is it pretty much a given that you're going to see
1: some bison or buffalo? I I think so. I okay. I was concerned, um, and when we first pulled in, and I should I should mention it's not a the Sage Creek Rim is not paved. Um, oh, so, okay, that's perfect. Yeah. So be careful with you. So what do you need a four by four pretty much? No, I just no? drove it with my minivan, but I would imagine on like a wet rainy day, it might get muddy. Oh. And slippery. I, don't, I don't, I don't know about like, you know, if you're towing a, a fifth wheel, like in your RV or something, mm-hmm. right. I would, I might research that a little bit, but just a, a regular car was fine. We, okay. we managed. Um, And we, we, got into the park and right away we saw a couple of bison way in the distance. We were so excited. We get out our binoculars and the camera and the zoom lens and then we drive a little farther in and then they're practically like on the road. <laughs> you know, so so we when we first got driving onto that rim road we thought, "Oh, we're going to see them at a great distance." And then all of a sudden they were like in our face. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen so many videos especially lately of people posting um
0: you know where they you have to stop they've stopped traffic because they'll just be in the middle of the road and everyone just right. has to sit and wait <laughs> they're not going anywhere so everyone's right. sitting and waiting for them or or they're just walking by you know people are driving and there they are just walking
1: yeah and they're so um they're so majestic it's almost like it's almost like see i've you know i've done a. a Traveled through Africa, and it's almost like seeing a lion. That feeling, you Mm -hmm. know, when you see the bison, just like this big, massive creature, so strong but so just yeah, majestic. That's the only thing I could think of.
0: Right. I I mean, I it's one of the animals I haven't seen, so I'm, and I find it interesting Um, because I don't feel like they're the most beautiful animal. You know, it's not like a like you said when you because. Also I used to live in Africa so when you see like a cheetah or you see a lion for example oh, yeah. you're just like they're gorgeous just beautiful yeah. but then the the bison they're you know maybe in their own way they are beautiful but there's something about them like you said majestic right I mean I'm just so excited to see one and it's like why am I so excited to see a bison <laughs> right. but even in the videos and everyone says the same thing they're just so majestic and and yeah, it's interesting that they're such a popular,
1: um, such a popular yeah, animal to see. I know. Maybe, you know, part of it is, um, you know, the connection to the Native American history and how, um, how prevalent they were in the area, just knowing also that it's their more rare now that they were like 30 million between 30 and 60 million strong and then almost hunted to extinction so now you see them and it's all, it's almost like this precious thing right that not yeah around. and they're
0: almost they're like one of the last animals in the U.S. that's in the wild that you can go out right. and see like you know in the U.S. in general you don't see a lot of wild animals it's not like we right. said Africa where you're you know you see elephants everywhere you you don't see that so it's like when you do see something this large and this big in the wild it is something very unique yes you know yes that's true right so yeah I can understand that it would be an exciting moment so you you talked about the trail the driving trails let's talk a little bit about hiking because there's also hiking trails that you can get out and hike um what are the best hiking trails that you have found with kids or maybe not with kids? I know that there's, I mean, I've heard of the Notch Trail, even
1: though I haven't been
0: there, but what's your experience with hiking in the park?
1: Um, So we just did one area um, where there's this one parking lot along the uh, the Badlands Loop Road. And you can access three different trails from this same parking lot, so it's convenient, and I think it's very, it's very popular too. There are two trails that are boardwalk trails: there, door and window trail, and that you know it's there's a built boardwalk, and you, you walk around. It's a very easy, mild hike for kids, and it takes you to uh, this area with benches and a an o- beautiful overlook. Um, and then in that same area, you can also hit Notch Trail. And I had researched Notch Trail because I knew it's kind of like, it has unique features and mm-hmm. it's uh, an adventurous trail. And I, I watched videos of families doing it and I knew, so the unique feature there is a, is a ladder. And it's like a rope ladder with, uh, with wooden rungs and depending the, the angle that you look at on the photo, sometimes it looks, um, like it's, it's very steep. Sometimes it looks not so steep. So the truth is it starts out not steep. And then all of a sudden the ladder just almost gets straight up and up and down
0: okay and And it's right in the rock you mean
1: yeah it's built in built into the rock so you're so you're kind of in like the valley area of these um rock structures and then the ladder will take you to the top where there's where there's a ledge and then the trail continues on and for kids i would I would recommend, so I have a Uh six-year-old and she is the youngest. So she trends a little bit older. You know, she tends to just go rise to the occasion of the eight, 10 and 12 year old. Um, All of my kids, when I asked them what their favorite part of the, all the badlands they all love to the ladder it's something oh, wow. uh, i think something uh, like a confidence booster just something new and adventurous that they had never seen before on a on a national park trail
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they loved going up this ladder and feeling like they conquered something when they got to the top um, but i will recommend so when you get to the top of the ladder it continues the trail continues on to where there's supposed to be a really pretty overlook but we never got there because my kids kept on slipping and falling so i you know i mentioned the the weather there so when it's when it is dry it it's very dry we found that in on our whole trip in South Dakota, we were so dry. I mean, if you go to South Dakota, bring hand cream, bring lots of water when you're doing these hikes and the ground is dry and the sediments on the trail, you're walking on not like soil, you're walking on like little broken up pieces of the rock, the sediment of the rock Mm -hmm. and it's very slippery so my my kids were so excited um that they just even on on the flat areas if they were running a little bit then they would just kind of wipe out i think i almost lost my footing a little bit too so we never made it to that overlook on Notch trail because there's one area that's only five feet wide and then there's a drop oh my Uh, goodness no railing no nothing so if if you're gonna do this with kids if If maybe I only had two, (laughs) I think we may have done it with just two, even if it were my younger two, even if it were my six and eight, because, you know, when you're outnumbered um, and you feel like you need to hold a hand or keep an eye, you can't do that with, you know, when you're outnumbered, right? So we didn't feel confident going on that area that only had that, um, yeah, it's about a four or five foot wide before the ledge that drops off. Um, but I do know families with younger kids do it. Um, I would just recommend, you know, you know, your kids. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, your limits. That's the most important thing, you know, whatever limits you're comfortable with. I mean, I I hate ledges. I'm like, really? That's my thing. It just, I can't handle ledges. So for me it's like I can do heights, I can do anything, but a ledge, no thank you.
1: Yeah. So you
0: always just have to know I, your, know your limit. That's the most important.
1: Right. Yeah, I, when we saw them starting to slip around, then we said, "Nah. This is you know, it was such a beautiful hike uh, up until that the ladder part anyway you know having done that part with the ladder that was so exciting for them we didn't feel like we missed out at all and there were there are so many other overlooks that you can get to safely there's you know if you're not comfortable there's no reason to push it yeah
0: I 100% agree so I've been told that there's nothing like the night sky and stargazing at the badlands so
1: what was your night experience there Oh gosh, my uh, I, I am. I really have to give a lot of credit to my family because I, um, when I, when I researched about this, uh, I know that the Badlands is a dark sky park, and mm-hmm. there are twenty-seven dark sky parks in the U.S. Like, you know, Joshua Joshua Tree Arches. So it just means very far away from light pollution. Um, And I researched and I and I saw that the week that we are going to be in the Badlands also happens to be um, the few days surrounding a a new moon. So it's going to be even more dark without the reflection of the, the moonlight. Right. So I thought, you know, this is like, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's let's go stargaze and see the milky way and try to capture the milky way Uh, but that means um, you know waking everybody (laughs) up at 2 (laughs) (laughs) a.m right now these um a lot of the dark sky parks including the badlands they have in the summer they have night sky programs but because we are we were there prior to their season which would be you know maybe Memorial day to labor day here. Okay. Uh, so, so end of May to September, um, we missed out on, on that. Uh, so we just sort of had to go on our own to view the night sky. So we got up in the middle of the night and drove, uh, to one of the, one of the overlooks and it's, I mean, it's like you, you've you never seen so many. Well, I've, I'm sure you've seen in, in Africa too. I remember mm-hmm. seeing in Africa just more stars than I could ever even imagine existed. Right. And the one tip I'll, I'll say is give your eyes like 20 minutes out there, you know, to adjust and then you'll start seeing even more.
0: Right. Uh, That's so, a great tip.
1: Yeah. Um, and if you want to photograph the Milky Way, That's a whole other thing that I spent hours of research. But the Badlands is a uh, a great place to do that. Um, Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, photographing uh, night is a whole different, (laughs) a whole different game than day,
1: and you have to
0: really know what you're doing. You know that, unfortunately, the iPhone won't really get it (laughs) for night. So, yeah, but, um, if you can, if you're, there's so many people who are into night, um, stargazing or night photography. So I can imagine it would be an amazing place. So when you said you got up and drove there, did you, you stayed at the park then overnight? Like
1: you just, no, no. um, We, so there are two campgrounds in the badlands. There's, um, There's just a a tent camping area in the Sage Creek Rim area. And then there's near the Ben Rifle Visitor Center. There's a larger campground that has RV spaces and toilets and, you know, more utilities. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you have to you don't have to book Sage Creek Rim, the tent camping area, but you do have to book the Cedar Path. Uh, but we did not camp there. Okay. So that would be ideal if you did want to do like a sunrise or sunset and then you're, you're there already. Right. But we, we were staying in rapid city, which is an hour away. Okay. We, yeah. We just drove the hour.
0: So you just drove every day you would drive back and forth.
1: Um, so we only spent one full day at the uh, Badlands. Okay. Yeah. Um because um well yeah I'll get I'll get to it, but there's so much, I mean I you could spend a couple of weeks in the region.
0: Right, I can imagine. It,
1: so and there are other national parks in the region mm-hmm. too. So
0: So you stayed, yeah. um you stayed in
1: in the uh, in the city that's closest yeah rapid city is the closest closest main city to the badlands there's a small town near there with some smaller hotels and motels um but rapid city is the big city near the badlands
0: right i mean it's a pretty remote area the whole the whole area so what what are some of your tips on I mean, cause you stayed out and then came back in. So what are your tips? For example, gas, you know, like if you have to get a, if you have to get gas, what have yeah. what do you do?
1: Or, so you know, I if you need food.
0: You, uh, <laughs> what? It was our
1: first, um, driving out to South Dakota from North Carolina, it, this was our first experience driving, a, doing a long distance road trip to, through the Midwest and to, you know, to, more into the West. And we could not believe how how we could go hundreds of miles and not see much of anything right. at all. And there were signs in South Dakota that we saw as we were as we were driving west from. Um, I think it was Iowa um, that said "gas now or gas can later." So if you like, if you missed a gas station. Then it would be <laughs> many, many, many. we saw and then, uh, you know, talking about getting food and and we saw one sign that said uh, McDonald's here. The next McDonald's, 250 miles like you could go just for hundreds of miles and not see much right. of anything. So, so basically um, you
0: have to be extremely prepared, especially yes. if you're going to camp in the area. There's no running to the, you know, the local
1: Quickie Marked yeah. or whatever there is. There is a small town near the Badlands, and you could find really all your main essentials there: food, gas, water, um, and that's Wall, the town of Wall, South Dakota. And okay. I think I'm not sure they. I know, I know the the part of the Badlands is known. As the wall and it's really because it's just that rock structure that you can't penetrate you can't really not easily so I think that's why the town is also called wall because it's just the wall of the the it's on the outskirts of that wall in the badlands that you just really can't um traverse right but the town has has anything you'll need and my kids loved going into Wall Drug. And it's it's a pharmacy that was open in 1931 like a mom and pop pharmacy right off the the main highway that goes through South Dakota and very close to the Badlands. Um and they they struggled to get people to stop at their at their store until the wife had this idea. She said, I'm going to put a sign out by the road that says free ice water. And sure enough, like people just started (laughs) coming, like because because of what I mentioned earlier, that there's really not many stops. They're really, it's so remote. So the people would see this sign of free ice water and get out and then they'd say, oh, let me also buy something else. And so the store just blew up and now it's like a famous, like almost famous roadside attraction is to go to wall drug and they still give out the free ice water. Oh my goodness.
0: That's like marketing at its best right there. That is incredible. I love it. Like know your
1: audience, give them what they need. And that's, Wow, and now incredible. you can find anything there. They've expanded so much that, you know, I bought this Badlands t-shirt there. My daughter bought a pair of moccasins. They have excellent homemade donuts. You can sit down for a full meal. Like they have everything and any anything there. Oh
0: my goodness. So, I love it. Wall Pharmacy. Make wall sure you go there. Yeah. Wall yeah. Drugs. What's it called? Wall, you know, wall Drugs. Wall Drugs. Don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Awesome. Speaking of not missing it, um, I love to ask everyone, what was your number one do not miss moment from the
1: Badlands?
0: Besides wall drug.
1: (laughs) My my kids might say the donuts. Um, I, I, for me, um, it was, it was definitely the Sage Creek rim drive seeing, seeing the bison and the wildlife the prairie dogs uh just you know seeing those things and you know yeah this this is where they've been for hundreds of years and um that we're getting getting to see them in their natural habitats with a backdrop of some of those beautiful rock formations i just i couldn't take enough of it in uh, right. you know i couldn't take enough pictures Um, my kids not miss moment would definitely be the latter on Notch Trail they would Um, have done that over and over again right speaking of
0: pictures Um, so you had posted some pictures of some monuments Uh, I I believe I I don't remember exactly what they were but one was a Native American monument yeah I think there was two different Native American monuments that or no one was a rock and one was a monument but um um they like blew me away your pictures of them are those inside the park or those around the area
1: so those are around the area okay which is yeah which is why if I if I had one thing to suggest is um you know in my so in my mind when we booked this trip I said you know my my son my 10-year-old requested I want to go see Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. and um it didn't occur to me when I said yes let's go see Mount Rushmore how much was in the area that was just so significant um in learning about Native Americans learning about geology and learning about this science and history we so if yeah if I have one recommendation it's don't just go to the Badlands. You'll appreciate the Badlands so much more if you spend spend a full week in the region and see all these other things as well. Mm-hmm. We'll sort of give you, it will put all the pieces of the puzzle together for you. So, um, in addition to Mount Rushmore, we did see the Crazy Horse Monument. Which yes, is,
0: yeah, that one. Yeah, the
1: Crazy Horse is in Custer, South Dakota, and it's. Um, eventually will be the biggest um sculpture in the world when it's done in my in my mind it's kind of like the uh u.s version of the egyptian pyramids because it it was begun in the 1940s and i think it will take several more decades to finish oh wow so yeah and that's um yeah, that's just stunning to see. And then the other the other um, sculpture that I had posted, that was called uh, Dignity of Earth and Sky. And that's a Native American woman sculpture and it's huge. Gosh, it must be about 40, 40 feet tall and I knew I wanted to see it. I, Instagram is so wonderful because I see these things on Instagram and I'll, I'll save it. Right. And I, I knew we were going to South Dakota and I thought, where is that sculpture dignity? <laughs> and I, I thought we would have to do kind of a special trip, but of all things, it's, it's at a rest stop on one of the main roads that cuts through South Dakota. So if you're pulling off to use the restroom, it's so accessible. It's right there. And that's the wonderful part about that statue is that, you know, everyone gets to see it mm-hmm. and and learn from it. And it's um, beautiful
0: that, I mean, yes. I just saw from your picture, but like you, you know, I'm like Instagram stalking people. And that was amazing. Like that was, <laughs> that was such a beautiful yes.
1: taken. Yeah.
0: I'm actually really impressed at how much education there is in the area. I mean, like you said Me in the too. beginning- compared to the tragedy of what it was of how our country started you know yeah it's just a very tragic um story and situation and the amount of education they do about it it's actually just really impressive and for me I mean I would love to go to the area just for the education alone like I yeah. love to hear about what they're doing and like these monuments and and how you mentioned the different activities it's,
1: Yes, Yes. I, I agree. I was very, I mean, I, you know, I grew up on Long Island and I, I remember learning about the native populations there, but there's nothing, there's really nothing. It's sad. There's nothing left there Mm -hmm. in in that New York region. And so you, it's not, um, it doesn't emotionally affect you because it's not, in your face right Uh, but in south dakota there's a very much a strong um tribal population there still Mm -hmm. and so i think the state um does a good job of honoring them and educating and uh yeah bringing to light what happened and the story and the the existence of the culture that is still there today. So, um, I mean, that's what
0: I love about national parks in general is because you can learn You can try to learn as much as you want from books, especially with kids, you know, you you learn stuff in school, but until you're actually there and seeing it with your eyes and feeling it with your hands and like reading stories. I mean, it's just, it's personal. It's emotional. Like you said, you know, it's not like that when you're sitting in a classroom reading about a story that you have nowhere you have no idea where it took place. You don't really care, right. you know, especially right. if you're sitting in, like you said, you're sitting in New York and you're, we're talking about South Dakota, but then right. you go there, you know, and all of a sudden this is where, where you are and you're talking about it. It's a completely different way of learning. That's yeah. what, that's what I really love about the national parks in general and just all of, all of the, you know, world school ideas. I have to say, yeah. Um, it's a great way to learn. And I think kids really benefit from that. I I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been blown away by the National Park Service this year throughout all our travels. Things that we would have otherwise missed uh, if if the pandemic hadn't happened. (laughs) Right. You know, things that came to light this year that we've really enjoyed and appreciated and I'll never I'll never take for granted again. Mm -hmm. I have
0: to say that I've talked to so many, you know, just through this podcast, so many other families who have said the exact same thing. Like I've said the same thing, you know, COVID was horrible, but it really changed your perspective on life and got so many people out more and with your family more and in nature more. And it's had this like healing aspect to it, even though it's a weird Analogy right. <laughs> with the COVID, yes, so true. But yeah, so depending true. on how, depending, I guess, what you did with it. You know, I mean, a lot right. of families got out, and a lot of people took advantage of the time and started exploring their own backyard. As yes. yeah, <laughs> In the U.S. it's a big backyard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Our backyard, not so much, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so anything that you would like to wrap up with, anything that we missed that you'd like to share or any last minute tips that you think um people should know about?
1: Um, I mean we covered a lot. Just, maybe, uh, you know, things. just something um I guess something very basic and practical is is if I if I had it to do over again, I might visit at a at a peak time. Um, I know right now because of the pandemic national parks are so popular and you know the number of visitors is skyrocketed but um, they do to in order to take advantage of certain programs they run um, certain ranger talks they do uh, I would go back maybe toward one of the tail ends of their of their season so if it's may to september instead of going in april i would go in may when these special programs do start like you know the fossil preparation lab is um is a special unique aspect of this park at, at the ben rifle visitor center and only runs in the summer and it's an actual working paleontology lab because it because of the um Erosion in in the park. Fossils are constantly being unearthed, and so they're taking them in to be analyzed. And so we missed out on just certain things like that, or or like the night sky ranger program. Mm-hmm. So um, that weren't available because it was down season. They're only available
0: yes. during the peak season. Yeah.
1: You? So that's just the um, only thing I'd close with is, you know, there's so many amazing things to take advantage of at this park. And if you want to avail yourself of all the special unique features, make sure you're going when they're happening.
0: Right. Perfect. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You've given us tons of information about the Bandlands. Yeah, this
1: is so enjoyable to talk Mm -hmm. about it.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I'm definitely wanting to go there we're hoping oh, to you'll do love it. some sort of like u.s tour at some point some summer hopefully we'll make yeah. it but yeah thank you so much and um thank you for having me you're welcome and definitely go check out um allison's instagram because like i said her pictures of the badlands are amazing and you'll find these gems that i found on there and um we'll have all their links into the podcast so that you, know, you can just check out all your all your social media and your blog that's great thank awesome. you and I'll, I'll be
1: sharing about this um interview with you as well on my on my page awesome well thank you so much and have a great day <laughs> for Thanks you, you, you too know. take okay. care
0: Bye. bye And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on our National Park Trippers podcast so you won't miss an episode. And also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group for the latest National Park news.